quite the chaotic last 24 hours for the Chicago Blackhawks as they terminated Corey Perry's contract, beat the Seattle Kraken 4-3, and acquired forward Anthony Beauvillier from the Vancouver Canucks. I'll be breaking all of that down right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And a quick reminder, per usual, to please go and show some support if you haven't done so already by smashing that like button, commenting down below, and of course, subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. All that good stuff really does help drive the algorithm in my direction and subscribing to the channel. It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free, and it really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to go do all of that real quick. And you can also go and ring that bell to turn on push notifications, and you'll get notified when the episode is uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by GameTime. Go and download the GameTime app right now and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good afternoon, everyone, as always. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Just an absolutely chaotic day yesterday involving Chicago Blackhawks news. Obviously, kicked off in the morning by Patrick Kane signing a deal with longtime, the longtime rival Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I actually already gave my kind of initial reaction to that matter on yesterday's episode, so make sure to go and check that out if you're wanting to hear more about Patrick Kane reuniting with Alex Dabrinkit in Detroit. I'll be talking more about this matter probably on an episode either tomorrow or later on in the week on Friday or Saturday, but right now there's just simply too much stuff going on that I need to address on today's show, and none more significant than Corey Perry getting placed on unconditional waivers by the Blackhawks yesterday so that they could terminate his contract, and they finally released a little bit of information as to why they ultimately came to this decision, and after all, We all were kind of left in the dark here, not really knowing anything other than Corey Perry still wasn't with the Blackhawks, wasn't playing, wasn't traveling with them, wasn't around the team whatsoever. And then we also got some kind of conflicting statements made by Perry's agent and the Blackhawks organization. But the Hawks apparently held an internal investigation over this matter and found that Perry uh, engaged in contact in conduct, excuse me, that is unacceptable and also violated both his standard player contract and the Blackhawks policies that have been implemented to uh, promote a safe and healthy work environment. Now that obviously doesn't give us the full picture. We don't know exactly what went down, but it sure does kind of give us confirmation that something pretty messed up happened with Corey Perry. However, I do want to make this point very well known. It is not the rumor that was spreading like wildfire over the last day and a half. And it's actually pretty crazy how fast and how big that spread. I mean, I I couldn't believe how many texts I got yesterday of people asking me, did Corey Perry do this? I'm like, no, but 
it's not their fault. I mean, it just kind of shows you the magnitude of the beast that is Twitter and Elon getting rid of the check marks. Anyone can be an insider. I mean, it really is a shame. That's a conversation for a different day, though. But Kyle Davidson, after the Blackhawks released this statement, he held a presser just a couple of hours later. And the first thing he said, made sure to emphasize, was that the Perry situation does not involve any players or their families and called the rumors out there, frankly, disgusting, which you know, they are. And I really hope, I know Connor Bedard doesn't have a Twitter and he's not someone who's on the internet all that much, but I really hope he didn't see the things that were being spread out there over the last couple of days. Um, it, it was pretty unfortunate that that's what happened and that's the world that we live in now, but it's the nature of the beast. But yeah, Davidson's presser, you could just tell that he was really shaken up. I mean, his eyes were red. He was um, kind of just giving like, you could tell that he was just holding back tears. He was moving his mouth in weird ways and he just looked absolutely exhausted and defeated up there. And I'm sure part of that is because of the rumors that have been put out there, which, you know, to be fair, the Blackhawks didn't exactly help in that matter, not aiding in all of the speculation by holding back and not giving all of these details. And I, I do believe Kyle Davidson is aware of that and is feeling and is hurting because of that. But at the same point in time, I really don't know what else he was supposed to do. And I get people want all of the details and they are upset because we didn't get any clarity from the Blackhawks on this matter. And people are saying this is the same old Blackhawks sweeping this under the rug, but that couldn't be further from the case. The Blackhawks went about this the right way. And I'm sure there are reasons why they can't get into it right now. They need to hide identities and make sure everyone's protected and, and everything that goes involved to situations like this. But don't get it twisted. The front office went about this the right way. And immediately when they learned of the incident before the game last Tuesday or last Wednesday, excuse me, against the Columbus Blue Jackets, they pulled Perry from the game immediately, um, went on to hold that independent investigate and internal review themselves. Um, and then ultimately when they found out what Corey Perry did when they got confirmation and were uh, fully aware of what happened, then they went out and terminated his contract and placed him on unconditional waivers. They cut ties with him immediately. And one thing I feel like I've kind of turned into a broken record about is reiterating that this is not the same group in charge of the Blackhawks right now that was in charge during the Kyle Beach scandal and the 10 years after that before the news got released. This is a whole new group. The people that were in charge then are no longer in charge now. And Jamie Faulkner, Danny Wirtz, Kyle Davidson, um, they knew what they were getting into when they took these jobs with the organization. And over the last two years, yes, they've done a lot of good things and they've made a lot of progress, involvement in the community, making sure this is an open and an accepting workplace. But this was really that, as unfortunate of a situation as it is, really a first opportunity for them to show that what they've done over the last couple of years isn't just a PR stunt. It's actually stuff that they have been implementing in case something like this happens to make sure that the organization goes about this the right way and handles it properly so that nothing like what happened to Kyle Beach ever happens again. But yeah, we still don't really know all of the details, but I do think as tough of a matter as it is, and yes, I know the Blackhawks didn't help in speculating. I do think there's good reason for that. And I really believe that Kyle Davidson in the, in the front office handled this about as well as they could. And this is, Matters like this, again, as unfortunate as the situation is with Perry, matters like this, I feel, are how they can reestablish trust in the organization to both Blackhawks fans and hockey fans all around the world. I get that that trust has been broken, but I really do feel the Blackhawks handled this properly, and I 
do also believe we need to restore judgment until we know all of the final details about this matter, which again, we don't know. But the latest information that we got uh, came from Emily Kaplan of ESPN last night, saying a source told her that Perry did travel with the team to Columbus a day before the game, which was last Wednesday. So the Blackhawks traveled to Columbus on Tuesday and apparently an incident happened with a team employee. So something seems to have went down last Tuesday in Columbus. We don't know the details of it. I'm not going to speculate because that's not going to do me any favors in particular, but whatever it was, it does feel like it must have been pretty bad. Is it, you know, costed Corey Perry his tenure here with the Chicago Blackhawks and maybe even depending on the details, could be the end of his NHL career. And as a guy who's kind of on the bubble of the Hall of Fame, this certainly isn't going to do him any favors. So just a, a really difficult situation for the Blackhawks organization. And you got to feel for the players who are going through it as well, because, you know, they they all have good things to say about Corey Perry. They all loved him as a teammate and he was a big part of the locker room. And we, we've seen Corey Perry, you know, taking time to go and chat with kids and when we played the lightning a couple of weeks ago, John Cooper spoke so highly about what Corey Perry did for that organization. And Luke Richardson had him when he was an assistant coach in Montreal. And he brought him in because he knew all of the good stuff that Perry could do. And it puts them in a weird spot, like that human element where they've gotten close to this guy over the last couple of months. They know he's a special part, but at the same point in time, I thought Nick Felino hit the hammer on, uh, hit the nail on the head. Uh, during his post-game interview. He's kind of turned into the captain, if you will, for the Blackhawks without actually wearing the C on his sweater. But he said, um, you know, it's a tough situation because we all have close and personal relationships with Perry, but there is a standard that we have to set here and that we have to be held to. And apparently that's not what Corey Perry was doing. And uh, it ultimately ended up costing him his job. So just a, a very weird circumstance got to feel for Kyle Davidson, um, got to feel for the, the players who are involved, but really, really something messed up seemed to have happened here. We don't have all of the details as of yet, but Corey Perry's tenure with the Blackhawks, we do know is officially over and maybe his time in the NHL is over as well. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment here, I will get into the game that the Blackhawks had last night kind of felt like an afterthought, but they did go on to beat the Seattle Kraken by a score of four to three. And they also acquired forward Anthony Beauvillier from the Vancouver Canucks in the process. But before I get to that, I got to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to stress or worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time for probably close to a decade now, when I was back in high school wanting to go watch Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves do work for the Chicago Blackhawks in their glory days, I always used game time. And even when I travel to different cities and I want to go and catch a baseball game or a concert or something along those lines, I have always used game time because it's so fast, it's so easy, cheap tickets are always available, and I also love how they send you pictures of your seats from the venue so you know exactly what you're getting when you arrive. I highly recommend that you all go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, if you go and create an account, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, <clears throat> excuse me, to get $20 off with your first purchase. Again, you have an opportunity to get $20 off to come and see Connor Bedard play at the United Center this season. All you have to do is simply download the Game Time app, go and create an account and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. 
Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed game time. All right, segment two, amidst all the chaos that ensued yesterday, the Blackhawks also wrapped up their three-game homestand last night with a meeting against the Seattle Kraken. As I mentioned, it almost felt like uh, a little bit of an afterthought with everything that went down in the morning and in the afternoon, but I'm certainly glad that it did happen as the Blackhawks won for the second time in their last three outings with a pretty solid performance all in all. And for those of you who listened to my preview episode that came out yesterday, quick shameless plug from your boy, uh, my first key to victory for the Blackhawks was, to yes, to get off to a good start, not only because they had given up the first goal in five games in a row entering this one, but also it just felt like they were so flat right out of the gate that they were allowing the opponent to score easy goals right off the get-go, and that just put them in an early deficit. And that's just simply not a recipe for success for this Blackhawks team. So I thought it was very paramount to just not give the Seattle Kraken anything easy right off the bat in the first period. And the Blackhawks really took it to them in the early going, taking uh, an early 2 to nothing lead. Scoring got kicked off by Boris Kachuk to stay hot, baby, with his second goal in as many games, jumping uh, on a rebound from a Seth Jones shot. And Seth, by the way, I thought... His willingness and determination to shoot the puck was so prevalent last night. It's been such a plaguing issue for this Blackhawks team. They just seem so reluctant to put the biscuit on net. But Seth Jones, you could tell he was trying to get it on goal every time he had the puck on his stick. This one led to a goal for the Blackhawks with Boris Kachuk hopping on the rebound. And then not too long after, Jason Dickinson, baby. Mr. Matinee, certified goal scorer. Jason Dickinson just keeps on doing his thing, his seventh goal of the season and fifth in the last four games. And he's now already just two goals shy of his career high and only 20 games of action for the Blackhawks this season. And I knew, I knew Dickinson was feeling himself when he wound up for that one-timer clap bomb at the top of the blue line and absolutely housed it. I mean, Jason Dickinson is feeling himself right now, baby. And I'm absolutely here for it. It has been a spectacular month of November for him. So he stayed hot to add to the Blackhawks lead, put them up two to nothing. Kind of the only down spot in this game, in my opinion, for the Blackhawks was when they allowed the Kraken to get right back into the game with a couple of goals late in that first period. Um, One of them coming shorthanded from Alexander Wenberg, which if you've been watching the Blackhawks each and every night this year, you know that they seemingly give up a shorthanded breakaway or a shorthanded two-on-one like Literally each and every night, it's getting so frustrating at this point. And Kevin Korchinski was actually the one who turned the puck over on that play and also turned the puck over on Matty Beneers' goal to get the Kraken on the board. And that led to him being taken off the top power play unit and getting his ice time slashed a little bit by Luke Richardson. But those things are going to happen to a young 19-year-old who's still a little bit undersized for his height in this league. Those hiccups are just going to happen, but what he really needs to focus on is just not making the same mistake twice, just not compounding errors and and learning from his mistakes. At least they're going to give him ice time. They're going to allow him to make mistakes as long as he's showing progress. And he kind of made the same one twice last night. So that's why I believe Luke Richardson had to send a little bit of a message to him, but not going to be anything that's going to hinder him long time. It's just a little bit of a reminder. Hey, you can't do this, these things in the NHL and just, Expect to be handed ice time. That's that's not how it works. So I did think that was a smart move by Luke Richardson. But I really like to see the Blackhawks resolve and resiliency after uh, giving up two goals late in the first period to the crack. And they came right out of the second, kind of uh, like they did out of the gate in the first period to regain their two-goal lead. 
Um, the first goal came from, why am I forgetting? Oh, uh, wasn't Jason Dickinson, man. This is actually st- Tyler Johnson. I talk about so much. It was a long day yesterday. Blackhawks fans cut me a little bit of slack on that one, but it was actually a beauty from Tyler Johnson. Um, Quick little play in the neutral zone. Lucas Reichel backhanded feed to give Taylor Radish the puck while he was entering the zone. And he made a nice feed over to Johnson. He goes top shelf glove high for his sixth goal of the season. And then Mackenzie Enwistle is the one who actually wound up with the game winning goal, uh, jumped into the Blackhawks lineup after Cole Gutman wound up being a late scratch as uh, Richardson referenced. A couple of guys were banged up a little bit. So the lines that they rolled with at the morning skate weren't going to be what they were actually going to roll with potentially. And Gutman was the one who actually wound up missing the game and whistle jumps in, winds up making the most of that opportunity for a second goal of the season. Nice, beautiful wraparound feed from Joey Anderson as well for his second assist of the night that now gives him three assists in three games since being called up. Seattle did go on to uh, come with a good push there in the third period as expected. Basically anytime, the Blackhawks are going to have the lead going into the third period. This is probably going to happen more times than not, but Peter Morazic, who, by the way, was back in that, got the start for the Blackhawks, and this one kind of silencing some of the rumors that have been surrounding him for the last couple of days. He was spectacular, as always, to pick up his fifth win of the season. He shuts the door down, and the Blackhawks hang on to defeat the Seattle Kraken 4-3 to at the United Center last night. And as far as my three stars of the game go, Peter Morazic certainly deserved to be one with his play there in the third period and wound up stopping 33 of the 36 shots that he faced. I actually gave him my number two star of the game, though. Number one for me has to go to Joey Anderson. He has just been sensational since being recalled from the Blackhawks. As I referenced, three assists in three games. But more importantly than that, I'll tell you what, his lines have just been tremendous during that stretch. He was with uh, Mackenzie Entwistle and Jason Dickinson last night on the third line, and they were dominant once again. I mean, spending basically all of their time in the offensive zone, grinding it out along the boards, winning battles, forechecking with speed, forcing turnovers on the ice for a pair of goals four to none against, dominant analytical numbers. I mean, they've just been an absolute pain in the ass to play against these last couple of games and have done a lot of good things since Joey Anderson has been recalled. So, Love to see the bottom six staying hot to lead the Blackhawks to a win in another game where Connor Bedard was a little quiet. The bottom six really came through and carried the way. So because of that, my number one star of the game goes to Joey Anderson. Number two is Peter Morazic. And then number three is Jason Dickinson with a seventh tuck of the season and fifth in the last four games. I also wanted to give a shout out though to defenseman Isaac Phillips, who I thought played tremendous once again on the third pairing with Wyatt Kaiser. Um, Not only did he pick up his third assist in the last four games and has been showing a lot of good shiftiness and just heads up passing plays, overall good awareness from the back end in the offensive zone. He's shown us that, but I also thought he was a really huge part in the Blackhawks holding down the lead in the third period and also going five for five on the penalty kill. Because if you go back and look at who took the penalties for the Blackhawks last night, three of them were by defensemen. It was Seth Jones. Connor Murphy and Wyatt Kaiser who continues to find himself in the box that led to Isaac Phillips being out there for a lot of time while the Blackhawks were shorthanded. And I just thought he had a really good all around game. And I put this out on social media. We saw flashes from Isaac Phillips last year. We're seeing flashes from him again this year. And I know Jared Sonority has been skating here recently and doesn't look like he's that far removed from returning from his oblique injury, but I just don't see how, You could send this guy back to Rockford with the way that he's been playing 
in terms of his all-around game, he's been showing progress like each and every night and he's been getting a little bit more comfortable. And I just don't think he has anything left to prove down in Rockford. I think he really just needs NHL action the rest of the way. And if that means sending Wyatt Kaiser down to Rockford, I, I think so be it. Like to me, I just think Isaac Phillips is a little more ripened for the NHL game right now because he has spent the last couple of years marinating a little bit down in Rockford. Whereas Wyatt Kaiser, he's kind of fresh out of college still. I mean, what? He's got 26, 27 NHL games under his belt now. I just think a little bit of seasoning down in Rockford would not be the worst thing for him. And that's kind of the method that the Blackhawks have gone with most of their defensemen, like Alex Vlasic. Yeah, that worked out pretty good from him. Isaac Phillips, I know it's a small sample size, but he looks like he's an NHL caliber defenseman now because of what he's done in Rockford these last couple of years. I just think that wouldn't hurt Wyatt Kaiser at this point in time, but it's going to be a really interesting decision one way or another whenever Jared Tonority is able to return. Quite honestly, I think just the simple solution is cutting Nikita Zaitsev and keeping Jared Tenorti as a seventh defenseman. But for whatever reason, the Blackhawks haven't done that yet. So I don't expect them to do that anytime soon. But there is going to be an interesting decision on their hands uh, what to do with that extra defenseman whenever Jared Tenorti is able to come back. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment, the chaos didn't stop yesterday as before puck drop, the Blackhawks acquired Anthony Beauvillier from the Vancouver Canucks. I'll break down the details of that trade in just a moment. But first, I got to talk to you all about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what helps keep your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and to also level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And plus, with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or else you'll get your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. With all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and to bring home that win. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, if you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, let me just say thank you very much. I really do appreciate all of your support. And if you haven't done so already, please help me out by hitting that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well, because Something pretty important that I've hinted at on the last couple of episodes is going down on the Instagram account later on today. This is the final opportunity that you'll get to go and check that out. So again, make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. All right, segment three, before I wrap things up and let you all go enjoy the rest of your days, I, of course, have to break down the trade that went down involving the Chicago Blackhawks yesterday. And now that they know that they are going to be without forward Taylor Hall for the rest of the season due to ACL surgery and Corey Perry's contract has obviously been terminated, two of the most impactful forwards in their lineup are now no longer going to be playing for this team the rest of the year. And quite honestly, with that being the case, they needed to go out there and get some help. And that's what general manager Kyle Davidson exactly did by acquiring a guy that I've actually talked about a lot here on this show and someone I thought the Blackhawks possibly could have pursued in the offseason due to his team's salary cap issues. 
And that's forward Anthony Beauvillier from the Vancouver Canucks. And if you're familiar with Beauvillier, you probably remember him mostly from his time with the New York Islanders, where he was the 28th overall selection in the 2015 NHL draft. And as a 20-year-old in just his second season, potted 20 goals, goals for the Isles, but really never hit that peak level during his time uh, on Long Island. So he ultimately ended up getting traded this past year back at last year's trade deadline to the Vancouver Canucks as part of the return that sent Bo Horvat out to the New York Islanders. And Beauvillier actually got off to a pretty good start to his Canucks tenure with 20 points in 33 games, nine goals and 11 assists down the stretch for Vancouver last season. But this year, the Canucks got off to a really hot start, but Beauvillier had mostly been used as a fourth liner, which kind of just isn't the right situation. So it seems for him to be in kind of has just been an outsider um, in terms of like their offensive success that they've been having with Vancouver. That's been led by, you know, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, all of those guys. And it just kind of felt like he wasn't really fitting in with what they were doing. So with eight points, two goals, and six assists in 22 games this season, the Canucks ultimately ended up sending him to the Blackhawks. He's now on his way to Sweet Home Chicago, a change of scenery for the 26-year-old winger, five foot 11, 180 pounds for those curious. Got some good speed to his game, uh, a decent skill, uh, but I'm really interested to see how the Blackhawks are going to utilize him. I mean, obviously they need help up and down the lineup, but feels like he could be a second-line guy potentially maybe a third line guy, or maybe he gets an opportunity with Connor Bedard. Who knows? It feels like there are so many spots in the Blackhawks lineup for people right now. Uh, he could wind up being everywhere, but one of the main reasons, not only because there is some offensive intrigue and Beauvillier is still only 26 years old, maybe a change of scenery would do him well. That was part of it. But the main reason why I thought the Blackhawks were going to go out and get him is because the Vancouver Canucks have been in salary cap hell for a little bit here now. And Beauvillier still has $4.15 million on his deal with one year left. And shedding that $4.15 million could give the Vancouver Canucks a lot of opportunity elsewhere. And I knew that they'd be wanting to shed that money, given that he's just simply not worth that price tag, especially given that he was off to a slow start this season. I knew it wasn't going to cost the Blackhawks much to go out and get him. And that's exactly what wound up happening. Um, apparently, the Blackhawks will only be sending over a conditional 2024 fifth round pick to Vancouver for Anthony Beauvillier, which makes it seem like they were just happy again to shed his salary, like I assume. So, winds up working out pretty much for both sides. The Canucks end up getting cap flexibility and the Blackhawks get a free opportunity to see what Beauvillier has to offer. This is really a no risk involved deal for general manager, Kyle Davidson, and he's done a pretty good job hitting on those so far in his tenure as Blackhawks GM. So if Beauvillier works out great, if not, no harm, no foul, but the Blackhawks certainly needed to add a forward and they went out and got one an eight year NHL veteran, Anthony Beauvillier, We'll see when he winds up making his team debut. If I had to guess, it would probably come this weekend when the Blackhawks have a back-to-back -back on Saturday and Sunday. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. 
As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. Or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.